It's always something. A bill you forgot to pay. A headache that won't go away. A jug of milk you left at the store. At times, it feels like you're being driven mad, not by ghosts, but by the thousand tiny indignities of life itself. The podcast you're about to listen to is about a couple. From the outside, they could be anyone. They could be you. But this couple has secrets. And they have a baby who refuses to sleep. And as each night bleeds into the next, this couple begins a long spiral that leads them to confront the ghosts that live inside the American dream. Welcome to The Baby Monitor, a podcast of family horrors. In the dark, there's a man. He sits cross-legged on a bed, somewhere in a town outside a larger city, and in the distance, there are mountains. His shoulders are bare and sloped, his hands tucked in his lap beneath the sheets. His face appears sickly shades of flat blue and then green, lit by the four-inch-by-four-inch flicker of the baby monitor. The monitor is snow. It is clear, and then it is not. When it works, it shows the shadows of slats cast upon a pile of white, and then it shows static or horizontal bars flipping fast up the screen. Its antenna cannot be trusted. It catches a yawn or a murmur, and then, who knows, the sounds of a neighbor's satellite TV. Next to the man lies a woman. Her freckles are sparse around her nose and her cheeks, and then they gather and thicken into dark circles underneath her eyes. Her brown bob sticks to her sweaty neck and her dry lips and all the makeup she didn't have the energy to wash away. From nowhere... Her mouth pulls apart and her nose flares as she sucks in all the wind in the room, gathers it into her lungs, and screams. Not a moan, not a whimper, not a word, not the confusion of waking from a nightmare, but the terror of being trapped inside one. She pulls herself up to sit beside her husband, panting for the breath she lost, but he seems to have barely noticed. His glassy eyes, his folded hands, his slumped spine are all caught in the thrall of the baby monitor. Their names are Richard and Lisa Platt. They became parents 14 months ago. They have not slept since. Lisa unsticks a thin strand of hair from her lips and says, sorry. Richard barely opens his mouth at all. He whispers, though they think themselves alone in this room. It's all right. And now she, too, turns her gaze to the screen. Her pupils dilate. Her cheeks appear to hollow. Is he okay? Sleeping like an angel. What time is it? To this, Richard shrugs. He has no concept of the hours that float between midnight and dawn, his every night an ocean without shores. And the blues and greens of the baby monitors soak the room, make them feel like they're sitting at the bottom of that ocean, alone, in the deep. And so they sit in silence together, waiting. At last, Richard blinks. He reaches a hand over, sets it on his wife's thigh. Not too high, but high enough. Go back to sleep, he says. Maybe this will be a good night. And now it is Lissa, who cannot tear her eyes from the screen. This four-by-four world of green and blue horizontal bars, this world of static, this world of snow, this is her world. And she says, it doesn't feel good. She picks her phone up from a bedside table she found antiquing and sanded down and replaced the handles with little jewels, and she did all these things herself. 
She trades one screen for another and shakes her head sadly. It's almost four. Have you slept at all? I'm not sure. Maybe. Around two a bit. The screen goes gray and then black and then clicks in for a moment. They sit up, excited to see their baby boy sleeping, and they think they do see him, that indistinct form trapped in the 4x4 box. But then the frame wavers again. Richard sighs and blinks, and then they hear the cry. The same one they have heard every night for more than six months now. The cry of an animal who knows not only that its leg is broken, but the trapper is on his way. Richard swings his legs over the side of the bed. I'll get him. Lissa puts a hand on his shoulder, then withdraws it quickly, as if he was a strange new man who she had touched too soon. Five minutes, she says. Five minutes. I'm sick of five minutes. It's been five minutes for five weeks. They said we have to be patient. Well, they can go to hell, and Richard rises. He cannot be a quarterback. He will not be president. He may never be a billionaire, but he can do this. He can keep his boy from spending these nights screaming in fear of some awful thing, something that will not let him sleep. It's my turn. I can do it. We'll both go, Lissa says. Two years ago, she slept naked. Now she sleeps in sweats and pajamas, oversized t-shirts and flannels and even socks. They walk out of their green and blue room and walk down the bright yellow hall and they open the door and the light floods into the nursery and the only shadows now are the shadows Richard and Lissa Platt cast across their baby. He sees them and his scream becomes a whimper. His arms shoot up from the crib, two little rockets straight into the air and he says, Daddy, up, up, up. It is one of the only words he knows. Asher is a top-heavy baby, expanding fast and awkwardly, a high forehead like his granddad. Big eyes like his mama, broad shoulders like his father. And when Richard reaches down and wraps his fingers underneath Asher's armpits, his sausage arms splay wide, and for a moment he looks like an anchor to be heaved up from the bottom of a dark sea. And then his legs break free of the mattress, and he dangles from his father's hands, his legs pointing straight down at the earth, his arms stretched out into the night. Richard hands him to Lissa, who gathers this baby into her arms, feels tiny fingernails claw into her neck, digging into her skin, opening the same wounds they created last night and the night before. She whispers something and walks back down the hall, leaving Richard alone in the nursery, and he stands there just for a moment or two. He eyes the little round camera nailed to the wall. He eyes the open closet door and the blackness within it. He kneels and peeks under the crib, but it is too dark to see, and so he extends one arm into that dark feels the cool, stale air beneath the crib, waves his arm straight back and forth. There's nothing there. The room, he thinks, is empty. He reaches down into the crib and picks up a stuffed animal that he had placed there himself, an English bulldog, its fur worn around the edges. He pets the animal, forgives it for not doing its job, and lays it carefully back in a corner of the crib. He walks down the hallway after his family. Lissa is settling Asher in their bed, trying to placate him, trying to wrap him in the covers without smothering him. Without looking up, she asks, Are you coming to sleep? And Richard replies, I don't know. It's almost time to get up. He walks to the dresser and reaches up and turns off the baby monitor. And now, the room is dark. Richard takes two steps to the bed, 
climbs in by feel, slides himself close, but not too close, to the bodies of his wife and child. He feels their breathing start to slow. He rolls onto his back and lets his eyes adjust to the night, lets the cloaking cave black become shades of misty gray. And in this gray, he looks up at the ceiling for a long time. When they'd bought the house two years ago, it had been brand new. A custom builder had gone belly up, a contractor brought in to finish and unload it as fast as possible. Richard and Lissa had expected there to be problems, but no faucets had burst, no natural gas had leaked, no concrete had cracked. In fact, the house barely seemed to make a sound. It was as if it had settled into the earth the moment the final screw had been turned. And now, without the baby monitor, without the screaming, Richard listens to the air and wonders what terrible dreams his little boy has that make every night exactly like this one. He lies on his back and waits for the alarm to sound. Thanks for listening to the first episode of The Baby Monitor. If you like it, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or on iTunes, and look for the novella when it comes out on Amazon, March of 2017.